Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. Let's go unchronologically. Not sure that's a word, but we'll go with it. The Group 1 New Zealand pacing free-for-all was on early Friday evening. It's not often over the sprint trip at Addington. The first three home are the last three with a lap to go. Let's see how the great race unfolded. Majestic Cruiser followed around the outside and then came Old Town Road and Cranbourne. It's the Australians at the top of the straight. 28.6 Majestic Cruiser going after Rock and Roll Do. Old Town Road off their backs and then Self Assured. Majestic Cruiser took the lead. Self Assured in the centre. Majestic Cruiser a half. Old Town Road and Self Assured coming at him. It's the Australian Majestic Cruiser just in front. Self Assured dives. They hit it. Photo finish. Near enough a dead heat between Majestic Cruiser and Self Assured. It's a Bledisloe battle and it's up to the judge. Great call from Matt Cross there and he did it. He did it in a way he doesn't usually do it. Self Assured's majority of his major wins have been in front or in a race like the race by Grins, he was able to get outside the leader. This time he was the swooper from last at the bell. Mark Purden drove him as his co-trainer. And Mark, after a difficult lead-up to Cup Week, that must have been immensely satisfying. Was it surprising? Good morning, uh, listeners, and good morning, Mick and Greg. Yes, um, I wouldn't say surprising. I think um, after the Cup, I pulled up, and, and I could tell Tony was sort of disappointed things didn't work out better for him in the Cup because he felt that uh, he was probably capable of winning it. So we knew we were on the right on the right track with him, and... Uh, you know, going into the free for all, it wasn't the ideal position to be be in at the at the half, but um, I don't know it turned out good in the long run. Do you think he's back to his best, Mark? Because I know you've had concerns about spring sometimes bringing on his allergies, and he was a far more potent horse last autumn than he was this time last year. After what we saw on Friday, is he maybe not as affected by those now as he was? This time last year? Uh, no, I wouldn't say he wouldn't have been, Mick, but I, I just think it was a case of, um, you know, we we picked it up far earlier than we did last year. We sort of got through to the free-for-all, and then I, I thought, no, this, this horse is better than this, and uh, and from there we got onto it. But um, this year we're on the front foot, and, and uh, after Ashburton's disappointing run, we, we were straight onto it and, and, and treated him, and, and he responded well to treatment. Everybody thinks after these major weeks what happens next. Two parts to this question, Mark. Um, The back end will be what do you do with them next? But before then, are you disappointed you pulled out of what doesn't look as strong into Dominion in Victoria with a horse who's now clearly informed? No, not at all, Mick. And um, I mean, um, you know, they've only got so many runs in them and, you know, you you get at the other end and and there's... um, you know, it's a, it's a little bit tight, and and also the the way they plan it now, it it doesn't really appeal to me. I'd rather take on a race that's a one-off race, like a Miracle Mile or a Hunter Cup, than uh, contest three heats in a week for a poor stake and and uh, and a half million dollar final. 
Mark, congratulations on another stellar week for you and Hayden and the entire All-Stars team. Uh, Spankham's two runs over the week. Proud's probably the word that comes to mind? Yes, definitely. <laughs> yeah, he's, a, he's been a, just a wonderful horse right through his life and, and to get to, you know, age-year-old and, and still be, you know, still be very, very competitive at the top level. He, he's just a real gem. Mark Akuta's running the cup. Um, you, you long and thought long and hard about whether you took your place with him, but it was certainly vindicated, and he's going to, to be in all of the big dances going forward. But how did he come through the cup run with a lead towards the derby, which is less than three weeks away? Mm, he came through the run super, Greg. Um, yeah, he, he really surprised me. It didn't knock him at all, and you know, maybe if anything, it might have even improved him a little bit. He just seemed so, so well, and I was just wrapped with the way he, we gave him a, a run on Saturday, and uh, I just wrapped with the way he trained. So he's come through a very, very good. Come all right, Mark. Let's go through them one by one. Self-assured. Where does he go? Uh, he'll probably stay here. There's there's a big race in Invercargill in December, and um, he, he'll go down and contest that, which I'm I'm looking forward to, and so will spank him. Okay, so they go there, then I take it Hunter Cup's Miracle Miles, are they likely aims for both or one? Um, probably at this stage, we sort of do the homework after after Cup Week mix, so there's no firm plans in place at the moment, but um, yeah, they'll, they'll be looked at anyway. Okay, and obviously at the back end of the season, the race by Grins and the Auckland Cup, or the back end of the campaign, I presume they're obvious targets. Yes, yes, they are, yeah, yeah. Okay, Akuta has a derby in three weeks. Can we confirm for the Futures punters, A, he's heading there, and then B, does he spend any time in Australia on a Chariots of Fire-type path, or does he stick around for the race by Grins, with, of course, the knowledge that his owner, Ian Dobson, has a slot in the race? Yes, I, I would say he'd probably stick around here. I'd be you know, keen to give him a little break after after the derby here and, and maybe focus on a race like 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 that in Cambridge. Okay, let's go to the two-year-olds. We'll start on those first. Don't Stop Dreaming was a winner, Mark, of the Sire Stakes final, but I'm not sure he was overly convincing, more so than his stable mate, Sherlock, who was second. So one of them very good, the other one probably a touch unlucky. Is the gap between Don't Stop Dreaming and Sherlock starting to close? Oh, yes, I think. Yeah, that was vindicated on uh, Tuesday, Mick, and uh, you know, always, always had a high opinion of Sherlock, but um, you know, he's, he's he has improved and stepped up with the racing that he's had under his belt, and uh, you know, the ring craft, and that's and made him a pretty nice horse, and um, obviously he's going to be a force to be reckoned with in the upcoming races. And Mark, another great week for Gene Feast. We've already talked about the success of Self Assured in the New Zealand Free for All, but True Fantasy, a handful of Group One wins now, and back right back to her absolute best. Yes, yeah, just just sort of in that last week, she, you know, I wasn't one hundred percent sure whether she was just the True Fantasy of old, but um, you know, Nat was particularly happy with the final workout and. Uh, yeah, obviously, um, she, she showed that she was back at her, at her best. Mark, in that race, Queen of Diamonds, um, which sadly was probably my fault, I was tipping it, uh, who was heavily backed, rolled into a gallop, which is incredibly rare for one of your well-performed pacing-type horses. What was the explanation there? 
Um, she, um, I think it was just the inside drawer and, and just coming, coming out, you know, from around the corner. And we went from sort of going at, uh, you know, three quarter speed to a, to trying to keep up with the horse in front. And I think she just, she just got the wobbles and uh, you know, probably, probably just hasn't had that experience before. But because, um, because at Ashburton she rolled out from wide out and never put a foot wrong. But uh, you know, she just. Just got the wobbles and, and made a made a break. Talking about fillies, a uh, different type of filly, but probably good enough to race the three-year-olds already is Millwood Nike. She was absolutely dominant in the fillies feature on Friday. Another Group One win, and if there was any doubt, Mark, where she sat against Advance Party and Carlo a flyby, that ended because she came from the second line, worked around, absolutely spanked them, and you told me afterwards. As good a juvenile filly as you've had. Yes, yeah. Well, I think she's, you know, she's proving that. And I thought, um, you know, that was uh, that looked on paper to be a trickiest draw she's had and um, and to overcome. So, uh, you know, you couldn't have been more pleased with the, the way she came through it and, and the way she won. We now look forward, Mark, to what's called Grand Prix Day, which is on December the 4th at Addington, and there's a whole bunch of group ones and sort of half a jewels, and and there's derbies and all types of things. Are you still getting your head around the new calendar? Because I think a lot of people listening to the show think it's Cup Week and the Purdens will be off to, off to Auckland to race up there next and there'll be good racing there, but that's absolutely not the case. This meeting on the Sunday is going to be huge. At what stage did you sort of factor all this in and write it down on a piece of paper with Hayden and Nat and say we need to be doing this, this and this? Because I'll be honest, Mark, it's our job to, to follow it too and even I'm sort of struggling to keep up with what's next. <laughs> yeah, we've had all the information in front of us, Mick, for a while and uh, although it's all new and, and you've just got to keep yourself up to date with it and um, and sort of review it because uh, it is all different. But, uh, yeah, no, we've... Um, I think we've done well in the way we've managed the team to to head toward this meeting. And, uh, yeah, we're, we're really going to look forward to it. But I think getting through the first 12 months, the next 12 months will be a bit easier. We'll be a bit, bit wiser and we'll know where the races are going to be situated. And, and probably there'll be some changes too and to, to make it an improved um, calendar, racing calendar year. Just on that, uh, on a more philosophical level with these horses, we used to have juvenile racing through till May or even June for the jewels. Then we park all the horses for three months and we start again as three-year-olds. Now we have early season two-year-olds. Then they have a big break and then they're still two at the back end of the season. Which one of those two things did you prefer? Did you like the way the season was in the past? Or do you like the way it is now? And what's the difference for you, say, for example, with a Millwood Nike, of being able to give them a big break in the middle of the year, or for example, a horse like Beckham to give them a break in the middle of the year, and sometimes they don't come back. So, how difficult is it to, to balance this two year old, for example, use those two year old season when it's actually too many seasons? Yes, well, I certainly think for the horse it's, it's better because you're not putting the pressure on them so much so early. Um, we, we in the past we've tended to have to sort of work our young horses through the winter to, um, to to work out the ones that we're going to contest the young guns in December with so um, or the young guns heats in December 
um, where we, we haven't had to put that pressure on them through the winter, and I, and I think it's, it's worked out better because we can, you know, we can make a start with them early spring, late winter, early spring, and, and work them work them down and to good times when the weather's good and, and uh, you know, much more enjoyable to be, to be working, and they enjoy it more too. So And they're more mature when you're asking them to do that, so um, you don't have those physical problems that you're, you're often faced with. Mark, congratulations to you and Hayden and the entire team because I know over the last four to six weeks it's been, well, as challenging as it's probably ever been building into a New Zealand Cup carnival because things weren't just going the way that uh, you guys would have liked. So I'm sure you'll take a lot of satisfaction out of what you've achieved this week. Yes, definitely, Greg. You know, we're all very proud of, of, of the team and uh, everyone, uh, the horses and, and everyone associated with the, the All-Stars farm. We mentioned the fact, Mark, that obviously the next big target is the Grand Prix meeting on December the 4th. Do you see yourself having any presence in the North Island after that? Do you see yourself racing at Alexandra Park, for example, on New Year's Eve? Or is the money just not there for that at the moment? Um, look, I, I, I know Jamie McKinnon's you know, really doing his best to, to put that uh, Christmas carnival sort of back on the map. Um, but, you know, state money does have to be good, Mick, because um, expenses are just so high today that, you know, it's, it's just not worth travelling for, for races like 50000 or less. Um, you've just got to, you know, they've got to be really good stakes to, to warrant it. Mate, I know you uh, you probably deserve a couple of days off. I know you're probably also not going to get them, mate. So we appreciate all your information and all the time. When you look back over the week, what's the win you enjoyed the most? Uh, I, I would say self-assured. Yeah. Well, mate, not often they come from last to a major Group 1 sprint race in this country and run past that quality of horses. So, mate, thanks for all the highlights this week. To you, to Hayden, to Nat, and, of course, to everybody out there who works at the All-Stars. And, yep, it uh, takes champions to get up off the canvas, as Greg said, and you guys did that this week. Thanks very much, Mick.